welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of astronauts with way too many board games. I'm Tom, and I'm joined by... Justin. And we're just two crew members from different parts of the world. That's right. On the ISS. We are uh, we are talking about a game called Intrepid that we played uh, from Justin's collection. This being a board game podcast where we play games in our collection sometimes, but a lot of times on Board Game Arena. But today, today we played a game from Justin's collection. It's a it's a game about being aboard the ISS, um, the International Space Station. If you don't know what that is, uh, and uh, it's a, a co op game where. You have like missions and stuff. You like a game. A game spans a, a set of missions that you're trying to accomplish, and for the most part, you're just trying to survive up in low Earth orbit uh, as you uh, struggle to maintain power, oxygen, heat, and uh, and uh, what's the other thing? Right, food. You need food for for obvious reasons. Uh, this being a game in Justin's collection, I'm gonna go ahead and let him uh, let him read the back of the box. Uh, I don't know if you have that ready, if you have to go like I no, I I do have it ready. You have I to have deadlift it, it onto your desk <clears throat> or what? It is it is not light, but yeah. Can you survive in low Earth orbit? Life can be challenging when you're isolated 400 kilometers above the Earth. Oxygen, food, warmth, power. It's all so easy to come by back on Earth. Are each a hard-fought battle aboard the International Space Station? If something goes wrong, it could prove fatal. And something always goes wrong. You'll need to work with your crew to outwit any disaster you face. You can survive if you're brave enough, if you are intrepid. Intrepid is a cooperative, strategic, and highly asymmetric game of survival aboard the International Space Station. Players work together, simultaneously rolling and placing dice to generate life-sustaining resources. These resources allow players to conduct research, install station modules, and use their unique career abilities, all in hopes of withstanding the disaster raging around them. Choose from four different characters to play with, including astronauts from Canada, Japan, Russia, and the United States, each with their own unique puzzle to solve. Face off against two completely different disaster scenarios, including meteor shower and toxic leak, each with their own devastating challenge. Each disaster requires a different strategy to overcome and will take every ounce of ingenuity you have to survive. And that more or less explains the gist of it as well. Um, you know, a game of Intrepid will see you uh, setting out the the main board where you have in the middle. Uh, you have the you have like the middle, which has like some common stuff. So they're like the docking modules, I think, is what they were. Like yeah, yeah, like I don't know hubs and shit. And then on each side is a place for where you can start putting tiles uh, down as you go through the game. Uh, and the tiles that you get are representative of various pieces of equipment and machinery and processes that you can use to try to improve your life on this on the station. Uh, after you've laid this board out and gotten out the like ludicrous number of components, uh, you can pick from one of the I four must be the base game, and you had like the Kickstarter exclusive that had like sixteen or some shit. <laughs> Uh, there were four in the base game, uh, an extra four in uh, the Mission Critical expansion, and then a single one in the South Africa expansion. Gotcha. And uh, everyone's going to pick their own uh, their own country that they want to be. I In our game, I picked Japan, and you picked one of the South Africa ones, I think? Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing about these is that, like, uh, so... 
the dice that you get are all the same, but the way you use the dice to, is different depending on which country you're portraying, um, as well as the upgrades that you get also have different uh, different uh, mechanics to them. To go through how the game works is basically you roll the dice uh, that you are have available to you, so every country comes with like how many dice you start with. So as Japan, you start with only two, which seems like not very much, but it becomes a lot once I get to it. And in South Africa, you had like six or some shit. Yeah. You get a few starter tiles to lay out, as well as like this boost tile, which allows you to uh, activate things that uh, that make it slightly less uh, terrible for you. Uh, you lay those out, and then you are off to the races. You pick your mission, and you go. Each of your boards that you have in front of you will also have like, um, what is it, like capacity. So there's a bunch of little different trackers that you have uh, to track how many like resources you have available in excess to be able to build other junk with. Uh, there's like a special achievement tracker for if you like do really well, it gives you a bit of a bonus, um, as well as the main part of the board uh, of your individual player board, which is where you're tracking the various resources. And this is an interesting little piece of mechanism because it's like it's got it's sort of like a it's like a uh, an arch. It's an arch shape at the top where you put your cube down and that's where you track like your you know, you start at negative six and you move up and then you go to the next row and you carry on uh, as you collect various uh, resources. Uh, but underneath that is like a wheel. So anytime someone tells you to drain, it means that you move the wheel and then everything gets much, much worse. So you're never really like, you're not really spending resources throughout the game so much as you're making every every turn harder from now on. So that's kind of how things progress. So anytime I say like drain, uh, you just have to imagine that like, if, you're, if your cube's on an eight and you drain two, it will be on a six because you've gone down to, but every other round from then on will also be two worse than it was before. But the general flow of the game is that you roll your dice, you try to figure out, uh, based on whatever your uh, country's weird-ass ability is, uh, how you're going to place these dice down onto your board for maximum uh, efficiency. Then you sort of go through the other, because it's all laid out in like six steps, but basically you put down your stuff, you figure out how many resources you collect, you see if you've uh, advanced the mission at all, uh, you see if you increase your capacity, so if whether you get resources, then you can spend those resources either on getting new tiles or increasing the number of dice you have. And this generally costs you capacity. Sometimes it costs you capacity and causes other people's resources to drain. So it's never like, you know, you need to build something for electrical. And so you drain electrical. It's almost never like that until you get to like the very, very end. It's always like, hey, Justin, I want to buy this tile. Do you, how much, how much food do we have? Are we cool on food? Can we, no, are we, we're are not. we, we're not good. What about, it's real bad. But Justin, what about oxygen? How about no, oxygen? We're doing Are we okay cool? on oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're gonna need to drop that by four. Oh shit. Yeah, sorry. Uh, anyway, so this is generally like there's there's a lot of like individual phases because like uh, the order in a lot of these things matter because you may be in a situation where you're kind of on the edge of disaster and whether whether you like get a bonus before or after a drain happens can mean the difference between you making it through the round and having a few extra bucks to kick around and you just straight up losing uh, because on that uh, arch that you're 
you're sort of playing your resources on. There's a red zone, which is when it, when the game starts, it's like minus four to zero. Uh, and then from zero to six or something is like yellow. And, you know, as you drain, like the negatives get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, if you ever end up around in the red, you just straight up lose. You just don't have enough power or food to survive for like even another day. Um, if you end up in the yellow zone, you're like, you're not doing great, but you have enough emergency supplies. You got enough of those, like, uh, what the, like the ice cream cones that are in a package (laughs) somewhere that you can smash open. I don't know. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a break in case of emergency. It's just got a bunch of Gatorade in it or something. Um, and you can use that to sort of get you through, through the level. But if you use more than a couple of those throughout the game, it's the same result. You just lose. Um, so all of these things are like, and that's like why, yeah, that's why there's like all these different phases because there is like a couple of ways that you can, you can fail at this. One is again, your red zone or you yellow zone a bunch of times. I think if you, at the beginning of the game, you also set up like this event deck. So this is where all those quote unquote fun things like meteor showers and gas leaks are going to be. Uh, but these are also just like your timer. So every time a round goes by, you're going to flip over another one of these like disasters. And if you run out of these, then the game is also over. Was there something else? I think that was it, right? Like it's use up emergency rations. You just straight up lose or you run out of time. Yes. Yeah, those are the three ways of losing. Uh, Yeah, so to wrap that all up, general overview, roll some dice, put them on your tiles best you can, gain your resources, maybe you survive, maybe you're able to advance your mission, uh, which generally like also takes more dice so you don't have dice available for you for doing the surviving part of the game. And causes more drain. Of course, it causes more drain. Buying upgrades, getting more dice, and then rinse and repeat until either you've finished the missions or you've lost and ran out of time and, and pack it all up yeah. so if that's not confusing enough for you everybody has their own little mini game or mechanic that they're playing throughout the game do you want to give me a uh, t- let me take a little bit of a break i'm gonna sip my mojito while you explain south africa all right yeah so the way south africa works is you get you get a whole bunch of dice and you think oh man this is gonna be easy but then it tells you wait no you have to roll those dice individually And then you have to put them in a queue. And you can only take the dice from the front of the queue. So that three that you really need way in the back of the queue, you're not going to get it. Unless... You can somehow look at your 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 dice in the queue, and you have to think, okay, I got this module, which will allow me to like move two from the front of the queue to the back of the queue, and then add a dice. And so you get this like super weird mini game where you're desperately trying to like play shuffleboard here with these dice in your queue, so that you can somehow activate enough resources to to survive one more day. Uh, it's all very orderly and incredibly frustrating as South Africa. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it i think the funniest (laughs) thing was like when you went to like go do the fun thing that that you can do with dice which is like take a big honking handful of them and just like dump them into the tower yeah you like grab this handful of these dice and you like hovered them over the dice tower we had and then you looked looked at me you looked at the dice and you're like i can't do this because i need to roll them one at a time and you sort of sadly put them down in front of you and started doing them one after the other, putting them in a line. 
it was it was so sad yeah japan so i was i was playing japan and i don't know what the rest of these do i, I don't know if you, you if you've played any of the other ones we can maybe go some over of the those other ones if, and i can go over them yeah okay uh well japan is uh is interesting in that you get you don't get that many dice uh, but the dice that you do have will tend to go a long way because a lot of your tiles let you get more dice, which is great. So anytime I roll a die, I can put it on top of one of the, usually they're the power generating ones. You know, you go generate some power and it'll be like, get another die. Like, great. That sounds awesome. And the ones for um, the ones for climate, which is the other, we were both doing two resources. Uh, normally in a four player game, I think each person does one. That's correct. The climate ones were a little bit different in that they basically just said, like, tilt a die in your pool, you know, left by one or right by one. Or if you have a six, like, flip it up and stuff like that. A lot of the, a lot of the, like, tiles were very three based. So a lot of them needed threes to do anything, which is, like, kind of weird, but we'll go with it. Uh, the only thing, so here's the thing. You know, normally you're thinking, okay, so I get more dice, but what's this <laughs> tilting thing? Because that doesn't make any lot of sense. Um, so the thing is, when you get dice as Japan, you have to lock in the orientation before you go anywhere. So, like, imagine a die in front of you, and you've rolled a six, and so you've got the one on the other side, uh, on the uh, you know on the opposite side. So you can't you can't get at the one anyway. You, you shake it, but you have four directions that you can turn this die, and you have to pick which one you want before you go any further. So well, you actually, lock it. You have to rotate it so that it's the closest face faces you. The so closest. You can't rotate it anyway. It, you just have to make it so that it is sort of perpendicular to you. Oh, so you don't even get to choose normally. You don't get to choose. No. Oh, I was, I was, I was moving around all over the place because, oh like, my, well, I was throwing them in a dice tower. <laughs> I was across the table. I didn't know what ah. what what face they were on. Wow, we should have been doing a lot worse. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> all right, it was a lot worse than I thought it was. Uh, anyway, I'm not totally convinced that it would have made much of a difference because basically you roll the dice, as Justin said. I petered it up a little bit. You just you just sort of put them in front of you in an orientation, and that's what it's going to be for the rest of the round. Um, and that's why, like, if you tilt something up or you tilt it down or you tilt it left or right, you have to sort of, sort of, like, keep it in place and sort of move it so that everything is still in the, in the right, in the right facing. Um, the one thing I didn't mention is that anytime you gain dice from the actions that you take, you also usually have to, like, move them around. So you, you put a six down and you get a six and then you usually have to tilt it. So you're constantly sitting there, like, looking at the two die, uh, <laughs> sort of like, okay, I've got the six on the top and the one on the bottom and the four's looking at me and, okay, that's good. So now I have this other one and then you gotta, like, tilt it. And so you're basically doing this thing where you're looking at what you have available to you because, again, I cheated. I, I wasn't uh, I was supposed to be just, like, picking what was best for me. Um, looking at what's available to you and trying to, like, manipulate everything so that it's uh, it's going to go go well for you. Because as you go, you're going to put that, that die down, get another die, and it's going to be slightly flipped. So then maybe you have to go and do a climate so you flip this one around. You can put that one on the other one that gets you more dice. And you keep doing this, and it just sounds like you're losing your goddamn mind. Well, I was sitting across the table, and I keep hearing you muttering under your breath. It's like, left, right, left, right, up, down, down, up, down. I'm like, are you putting in the Konami code? What's going on over here? Yeah, I was basically just, yeah, I was stuck in a bit of a palace of my own uh, 
a palace of numbers just like hunting around trying to figure out what was going on. Because there was times when I had the number that I needed, but I could, I was trying to like make it so that I ended up with that same number so that I could use it for the climate thing. Because like usually the electrical ones are fine, like the power ones are no big deal because they just get you more shit. But the climate ones don't give you additional dice, they just make you fuck around with the ones you already have. So you end up having to play this weird game where you're constantly like putting stuff down and flipping things over and like, okay, if I put this here, then it'll flip up and then I can put this down again on this down and then left, right, and then I end up with a four. And then you put them down and realize that you fucked something up along the line and you're just <laughs> like, you have like a five or something. But the one good thing that you can do is that in that middle part of the board is that you can trade dice with each other. And there, there's two special like the like trading areas where you can actually make the dice go up or down depending on what you need. So this was how you can work with your other team members to uh, to like trade dice around so you're not completely boned all the time. So like if Justin needed a four and his four was stuck at the back of his bureaucracy for some reason, I might be able to give him <laughs> one of my fours or even give him a five and lower the number by one so that it gets to him. Uh, in a similar way, he was able to sort of finesse these so that he would give me a die that I could then transform into a bunch of power and then give him back a completely different number because of the way my stuff worked. And yeah, so it's it's this very interesting, like, asymmetric puzzle where everybody's working together. You're all doing something that's very different, and it can be, like, either kind of fun, like I did enjoy... I mean, I'm, I I wish I was playing it correctly because I feel like that would have taken the stress off of like me trying to figure out what was the best way of doing things and just like <laughs> going with whatever was facing me at the time. Right. Uh, but it, it was kind of fun like having this puzzle of like, okay, I have this, I can turn this into that, turn turn that die into this and that turns this into this. And it was kind of fun. So I, I, en- I enjoyed Japan. I thought it was good. I thought it was a nice level of complexity. Um, and being able to work with your other team members was, was pretty good in that respect that you can sort of like dick around with some of these dice and then trade them to other people. When If, if you don't have what you need, you can sort of give it to other people or mm-hmm. trade back and forth, which is kind of nice. For Yeah, for dice rolling game, it very much leans into sort of that mitigation minigame. Like that's where the crux of the game is, is trying to, okay, I got these random values thrown in front of me. Like, how can I make this work? Can I trade this? Can I use this tile to like change this die around? So that that's where the big puzzle is. Um, d- yeah. Did you want me to go over some of the other? The yeah, other I kind of want to hear what some of these other ones are. Um, I mean, it sounded like you were not having the greatest time with South Africa. So I kind of want to hear about some of these other amusing. ones. Um, so the the base game comes with the, the Americans. They have very few dice, but they have sort of a lot of ways to get extra dice. So it's all about trying to figure out like the optimal way to put dice in areas because a lot of their tiles are like locked to specific numbers, but you'll get an extra dice. So it's all about, you know, try to find, okay, I'll put the four here because that'll get me another one. And hopefully I'll be able to put this one here and I'll save this area for the last bit. Um, So that's kind of, that's kind of their main thing. The Russians get just tons of dice, uh, but they have no way, they have few ways of getting extra dice. And they have few ways of directly altering dice. A lot of their tiles just let you re-roll uh, a number of dice in your supply. So it's very much, here's a whole bunch of dice and uh, have fun at the casino because luck better be on your side. Uh, the Canadians, 
their special thing is they get a whole bunch of dice, but when they roll the dice, anything that shows even just gets shuffled off to the side, and that's the reserve, and they cannot touch that. And so they have to use their tiles, and they get a special resource called... Um, I think it's called like machine tools or something. Uh, and it allows them to add like a plus one or minus one to any one of their dice so that they can use that to, they can store up up to three of those and they can use those to kind of get dice out of their reserve. Otherwise they have to use their tiles to sort of, you know, scrounge around and uh, find where they lost their dice. <laughs> Not right. sure what yeah. to think of that. Um, and then there is Germany. And the main thing about a uh, Germany is that uh, they, when they roll their dice, they kind of all get shoved into storage and they have to find ways to get their dice out of storage, but they generally get like a lot of dice. They can find ways to get a bunch of dice out of storage. And it's about like picking which dice go into storage and which one are start in your supply uh, so that you can activate dice to, you know, get the rest of them out of there. Uh, Malaysia is a lot of their tiles require very specific high numbers uh, and they have a lot of tiles that allow uh, them to sort of increase or decrease values of everything in their pool. So it's all about the order that they put tiles to activate things because dice can roll over. So a six, if you add one to a six, it becomes a one. So you can accidentally just horribly mess up uh, your, your entire plan. Brazil's really weird uh, in that they get a whole bunch of these lock tokens. So it's like they're very security oriented and they put padlocks on all of their <laughs> tiles or a whole bunch of them. And in order to actually use those tiles, they have to unlock them first. So they need specific dice in their pool in order to unlock it. So you might get a one, four, five uh, padlock stuck on this tile. And in order to actually use it, you need some combination of one, four, and five up to three of them. So you could have like three ones or a one, four, five, but until that happens, it's locked and, uh, you know, you're running around looking for your key. Uh, then the UK is also weird in that they have, <laughs> they're all weird. They're all weird. Yeah, they're, uh, they all sound weird. They have um, counters. So the way a lot of their tiles work is a lot of the times, like the dice you put on a tile will generate either a set resource or it'll generate resources based on the die value that you put down. But with the UK, you put a die down and then next to that die is a counter. And that counter is what dictates how many resources is produced. But in order to activate that tile, you have to put a higher die than the counter, and then that die will become the new counter. So eventually you kind of you build yourself up to a six or a five that you cannot replace, and then you have to take it off and replace it with a one. So you're kind of doing this like weird like ramping game uh, and trying to plan when to pull dice off the high dice off the counter these are going to have a really bad time that round and kind of balance it off with other ones huh. so it's, it's another really complicated you're, you're constantly sitting there and it's like oh wait okay wait no i generated that many last round but now my rent my drain's gone up and i have to pull this off well that's bad that's bad i can't do this this is not good <laughs> So in general, a lot of them are you, you're each playing like a very specific mini game uh, and, and desperately trying to figure out how many resources you put in last round and uh, what's going to go horribly wrong when the disaster strikes. Yeah. And I think that's like a, I think it's a really neat idea. And I don't know 
if I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that is like similar to that in terms of just like there being a like a dice based game in that in that respect. I mean, I was yeah. th- sitting here thinking that like everybody being completely different is a lot like Root where, yeah, you know, the, the asymmetry is very much like leader games, like Root or Vast. And I'm, I guess that's why I'm struggling because like I think the, you know, I had a I had a fun time sort of fiddling around with these with these dice and like putting them down and I really like co-op games generally but for some reason I don't like I don't want to play this one again and I'm not entirely sure why like I wouldn't I would be up for like trying a few of the different the different uh countries and stuff but mm-hmm. like I don't know there just there didn't seem to be a lot to explore in terms of like what makes the game tick other than other than trying out the different countries right like since i've tried japan it's like oh i don't really know if i want to play japan anymore ever again so i feel i feel like you're probably just gonna or if i owned this one it would be like i want to play this a number of times to try out all the different uh different countries and then you know pass it on because i don't feel like there was like the missions didn't seem you know it's like oh put a die down and then drain a bunch and you know the disasters come and some of them were cool because they'll like disable a bunch of your stuff or they'll wipe out a bunch of your stuff or make you drain a whole bunch or like uh you know make you lose dice or presumably something like that Mm -hmm. i just don't feel like there's a lot to explore in terms of you know what's going to happen and so i other than the playing the individual mini games i just i don't i'm not sure that there's a lot there in terms of a co-op game right yeah I, I kind of had a similar feeling where like the the individual mini games are pretty interesting. Um, it is fun kind of having your own puzzle to solve and desperate looking across the table hoping that somebody has some extra dice they can throw your way. But uh, that's the problem with a, a lot of asymmetry games. Like if they can't stand up on their own is that, yeah, you have that feeling of, oh, I want to try out all these different puzzles. But if n- none of the individual puzzles are like man i want to do that again or do that again better uh you know there's nothing really to draw you back to doing that puzzle again unless you just really love that puzzle like i think i joked that playing japan is kind of like being you have really bad ocd you roll your dice and you immediately have to order them in front of you make sure they're all nicely lined up and you know sometimes it is amusing and like um i think playing brazil was kind of hilarious because you're sitting there scratching your head wondering what thematically makes sense for you to have padlocked all your equipment (laughs) uh yeah but when you're like uh so like me and my brother had played this uh, a few times um before and yeah and they my main draw was like i wanted to play it again to try out a new country or uh, or a new country with a different disaster because yeah the disasters definitely do throw um a bit of you know you know i'm thinking of a metaphor here but i can't uh you know a little bit of a wrench in the gears here and in that like sort of like the the asteroids will constantly degrade all your stations until basically they don't produce any resources and the gas leak will lock out certain dice that you cannot use like you cannot use force this round and that can be real bad 
if you're someone like Canada or something where all you have are evens, and a lot of those might be fours. So it does make certain countries interact with certain disasters differently, which I, I do like. But yeah, it's each country doesn't necessarily have something vastly different between gameplays. Like the gameplay for each country is going to be pretty much the same. You're going to be building your tiles primarily based on what you need. Like even though this this food tile might be real fun because it'll allow you to like change your dice around a lot. Right now you need power. You don't need food. You need power. So even though that tile might be fun, you have to kind of be practical. You have to build the power one, even if you can't, you know, really use it that much or it's not really that interactive with the rest of your setup right now. And then I think that 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 is kind of like the main thing that kind of takes away from it. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking about some of the other co-op games. I was actually casting back to playing something like Ghost Stories, which is very much like um you don't have like nothing ever changes in a game of ghost stories you have the same deck of monsters you have like a slightly different setup in terms of which villagers are in which positions mm-hmm. um and you know you have a choice between two different powers um but like the puzzle in ghost stories is like you have like one move and an action generally to be able to do something and you have nine different things that you can do right which is what yeah. makes ghost stories interesting in terms of like you you look at your scenario and what you're trying to accomplish and you're picking out of one out of like a dozen things that you could be doing and discussing it with your friends and having a good time generally getting your teeth kicked in Mm -hmm. the thing i felt like with this game is that in general everything comes down to i'm putting down dice to make my numbers get bigger and i just don't feel like that's enough of a draw to keep me coming back past past the uh you know initial playthrough of all the different uh all the different guys right Mm -hmm. even though each country plays differently and i think that like depending on which uh country you're in you know you have different different sets of tiles so presumably the food and oxygen side of the japan tiles plays a little bit differently from the power and um climate sides um even though there there might be that difference there so maybe you get a couple of playthroughs with with each country like Mm -hmm. it still ends up being you're just trying to every turn optimize based on what you have optimize making those numbers go up like there's no other real choice to be made you're never really it's except when you're like buying stuff and it's like well am i gonna am i gonna buy this tile or am i gonna make my get more dice yeah right you know you're still just trying to you, you generally even that decision is based off of uh well i didn't make as much food last round so i better buy a food tile because if i don't then i know that's going to be a problem later so yeah exactly there's not like there's I feel like they've they've made it they've laid it out in such a way that it feels like there's a lot of things you can be doing but I feel like I I mean I don't want to it it is an interesting little game and I don't want to like disparage it but I feel like it's a lot of busy work and I don't know that there's any interesting like like real like choices to be made Ge- yeah. generally you just have a bunch of dice and you're trying to put as many of them out like there's never a time when you're thinking maybe I shouldn't use these or maybe I should try to do some other strategy or you know you know what I mean like 
like you say, the puzzle just isn't as it isn't yeah. interesting enough to keep you coming back. We, yeah, I think that's yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Where yeah, there is this puzzle, and there's all these tiles that interact with one another. But because of the way the game is structured, in that you know, a lot of the times it's you don't really that choice is there, but it's not really a choice. Like if you take that choice, you're going to lose because you're going to drain power that the other guy can't support right now, and so you're just going to lose. So that is a non option. There's a lot of just non options. Yeah, yeah. You, you pretty much you have to build food because food is struggling and Tom has excess heat energy. So it's like, okay, I have to build this and I have to figure out how to get dice to go there. Um, and so the, a lot of the choices that are kind of presented initially are kind of taken away. There is still some like consideration about like, okay, when do I tech up or should I just get a whole bunch of tiles out or should I focus on more dice? And, you know, there there is that puzzle there. But a lot of it is I need to get more dice because I don't, you never have enough dice. You never have enough resources and it's always going to be a struggle. But in a lot of ways, um, the, the, it kind of feels like you're struggling with an Excel spreadsheet uh, rather than trying to save the uh, International Space Station. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> right? Um, because I think that one of the first things times I noticed that was um, I was playing with my brother and I wasn't even I wasn't even looking at the name of the tile. Because each tile is named. It's all like a food processor or 3D food printer or, you know, power conduit, alpha, zeta, whatever. Uh, and, you know, I was kind of looking them at the beginning and then like 20 minutes in, all I was doing is this makes me power. I need power building that. And I wasn't looking at anything else. And I feel like that's when sort of like the theme was kind of lost. Um, because me and my brother had kickstarted this, um, hence, hence the giant box and all the dice. And it, in the Kickstarter, it seemed like the, the theme was more baked in. It felt like you were, uh, you know, trying to actually struggle to save the International Space Station and stuff. And it, the game has like amazing art on the character cards and the manual. Uh, it just loses out and, and the, the sort of the disaster cards, but it loses out on that art on a very plain, but, you know, easily discernible, you know, tiles and, you know, rondels to control your, your, uh, your power drain. And I think that's kind of where the game starts to lose me is that like, it's really nicely developed and there's a really amazing art. There's a lot of kind of like history in there, but not enough of it makes it onto the actual board game. Uh, you know, I'm not concerned about building the Canada Arm 2. I'm concerned about uh, advancing the mission, uh, you know, and that's where I kind of feel like it loses that that feeling like I'm trying to save the ISS and it just becomes, you know, you could just slap on any old theme onto this or just, you know, completely strip a bottle of, of all the art and there wouldn't be too much of a difference. And I feel like that's kind of what 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 makes me kind of lose interest in continuing to play besides, you know, checking out each little weird mini game. Because I want to like it. You want to like it. Yeah. You want to like being a spaceman. Uh, yeah, I want to be a spaceman. This game doesn't make you feel like a spaceman. No, it, it, it feels like I'm doing, uh, you know, middle management bureaucracy. Ah, that's too bad. Yeah, I know. So... Would you keep it in your collection or do you want to give our listeners the uh, 
URL to your Kijiji. <laughs> well, yeah, funny you should ask that uh, because while I do, I do like it and we have played it, you know, actually quite a few times uh, and it doesn't play, two, um, it says 90 minutes, but I'd say two hours, easily two hours. Yeah. Um, it, it is currently up for sale on uh, Kijiji and on the, the board game a geek market just because i mean we kind of took a look at it and we're kind of looking at our uh, growing and overwhelming collection uh and you know kind of thinking i'm like wait how many kickstarters are gonna show up and it's like oh yeah uh we were kind of thinking it's like you know while it is an interesting game it's an interesting puzzle and it, it definitely i think has an audience because it is an interesting game i keep saying that but we were just thinking it's like you know how often are we actually going to get this out on the table with our friends group and you know regular guy people that we're going to be actually be able to get over and convinced to play this and it's like not a lot after me and john are finished with it so um we decided to throw it up for sale um which you know i like it i love the arts I want it to be more my game, but it's just not. There's something about it that just doesn't quite mesh or click with me. That's about it. How about you, Tom? Would you add this or keep this in your collection? No, no, I don't think I would. Uh, I think it's. I mean, I, I would. I didn't buy this thing in the first place. Like, it's. It has on the back of the box all the things that I like. You know, co-op dice. You know, fairly fairly sophisticated mechanisms in it right like it's not just a game where you put a bunch of dudes down on a map or something like that like it it, it, it seems to have this interesting asymmetric component to it and it it does have like the the individual mini game that you're playing while you're trying to like min max what's going on is is quite fun um as it's like driving you mad in one way or another and i think that's where the interesting part of it lies like you said it's just not very exciting and it doesn't make you feel like like a space person and it makes you feel like you're kind of just like doing your own i don't know set a set of yahtzee but with like weird fucked up rules um and i just don't and i I mean the the cooperation between teams was there but it's like pretty limited it made for some fun moments but just not enough to like justify me keeping it around when uh if i'm gonna be playing a co-op game i'm you know i'm gonna be reaching for something that's either gonna make us feel challenged or like excited or uh you know just having a good time that sort of thing so uh yeah i I didn't really feel like any of those uh, outside of the individual mini game that everybody sort of got so no this is not one that i'd be keeping around i don't think i'll be looking to pick it up off of you um that's (laughs) for that's for yeah that's for damn sure i don't need another uh another space waster that's for that's for sure comes with some really nice game trays oh yeah it does have nice game trays and i mean like you said the art is like the way it's laid out is all very cool it's just like yeah once you get to i don't know food replicator level three and it's like the same same looking tile as every other damn thing on the planet it's like well it's it's just you know not very exciting and uh yeah i just I'm trying to think of what you could do to improve it, but really I just I feel like the the mini games in the in the dice was kind of what they had and they sort of built out from there uh in a way to make it not like stupidly complicated, which I think if that's the if that's what they were going for, they probably succeeded because I think that they've provided a game that has like this interesting asymmetry to it where everybody's little dice thing is very interesting and very cute to play with and everything else is 
more or less just putting out the dice so that you're not just spending the whole time like losing your goddamn mind. So I have to imagine that they set out to do what they did. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just not, not for me. I didn't feel terribly excited by the end and I didn't really want to like jump up and want to play it again. We busted out something about pirates, which was more in line with what I like to do, <laughs> which is shoot cannonballs at stuff. So that's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, that's all right. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it was a little bit different because we're sort of missing half of our crew. Uh, but if you uh, want to have more of this sort of thing, we have a lot of episodes. Uh, you can go to thecollapsinggameshelf.com, which will redirect you to our like Podbean site, or you can just like subscribe, and that would be great. And you can like and send us reviews. And if you like us enough that you want to like, you know, communicate with us, you can do that too. We have Twitter. We got CGS Podcast, which is the Twitter, and we've got email, and that's collapse and gameshelf at gmail.com and i have twitter uh, which is at team rage tom which i don't use very much because everything's a mess and i don't like talking to people online but if you <laughs> want to talk to me online shoot me something i don't i'll talk to you why not we can talk about board games i don't want to talk about all the other stuff people are talking about it's a mess out there like i said we've got a couple of other people who are not here uh, if you're looking for like barbecue and bakery you can find that on facebook at ftwbbq so that's like adam's thing adam and debbie they're the other two and they have like a barbecue at a bakery you can go get food from them which is it's really good food we had some the other day it's really good uh and uh yeah i'm not gonna plug all their other stuff because i'm frankly too lazy justin you got anything well hey uh if you want to get a hold of me you can find me on twitter at don't trust justin why don't you go ahead and tweet me something about board games or who your favorite astronaut that went to the ISS was, and why. I'd love to hear about it. Back to you, Tom. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will be back at you next week with something fun. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.